Don't be afraid to dream really, really big. That's Ariel Grant. She's an entrepreneur focused on creating safe spaces for her community in a world of racial disparities. I'm Chris Farrell. And I'm Twyla Dang. And this is Small Change, Money Stories from the Neighborhood. My name is Arielle Grant, and I'm the founder and executive director of Render Free. So what is Render Free? Render Free is a workspace and wellness club for self-identified Black and brown women. We, through events and community connection, promote the prioritization of self-care and healing as a way to disrupt racial trauma. Render Free is housed in the basement of a South Minneapolis church. You might think a church basement would be a dark and cramped space with beat-up tables and folding chairs stacked up against a wall. Well, the 3,000-square-foot space is colorful and brightly lit, with plenty of comfortable chairs and working spaces. The open kitchen is large and welcoming. Four nonprofit organizations share space with Render Free. So, how did you come up with the idea? I moved to the Twin Cities just a couple of years ago, about three years ago, um, and it was my husband's work that brought me to the Twin Cities, my partner's job. Um, I thought, okay, Midwest, you know, I'm a Midwest girl, born in Illinois, grew up in Michigan, went to college in Indiana. Minnesota is going to be some of the same. Well, I got here and I found that we have some differing, different, <laughs> we have some things that make us a little bit different here in the Twin Cities. Um, I was excited to find work very quickly that spoke about equity and spoke about connecting to the Black community specifically, which was what my previous career had been in. Um, But when I was in these institutions, I found out very quickly that there wasn't a willingness to change policy to support these positions that spoke of equity. Um, So my first job was in an adoption agency, very new field for me, um, but doing work that I was very familiar and confident and excited to do, which was um, community development, program development, um, and then a little bit of training and curriculum writing. And it just felt like the weight of the equity of the entire institution was on my shoulders. And that's more than any institution should ask of one person. And as I approached um, folks that had the best intentions about making the necessary changes, it just kind of was met with, we're doing the best we can. And as a result, I experienced so much physical sensations and signs of stress and anxiety because of um, the urgency that I knew was around the work, but where my limitations were wouldn't support me doing the work alone. And so um, stomach aches, headaches, sleep disruption, I mean, the things that we feel when we are about to present at a uh, conference or when we're about to run a track race, like things that mean our adrenaline's pumping, that was where I was stuck every day. Um, And I realized uh, both in that work environment and then another when I experienced something very similar that many of my black and brown colleagues and peers also had come in contact with the situation where whether it was because of in the name of equity or simply because as black women, we are seen of being strong and capable, we are pressured to do more than what we're actually able to do. But there was a a problem and... Render-free is a way of addressing it. That's right. Yes. I recognized in myself that 
my life is more valuable than my work. Um, I recognize, and that was, I mean, I say that as a simple phrase, but that was a really difficult conclusion to come to. Um, when I realized that I had a choice, and it's a choice that I shouldn't have to make, but no. I was going to choose myself. I was going to choose to invest my time and energy in a way that moves my people forward versus in an institution that may not be ready to make the most of my time and energy. Um, and then I realized the problem wasn't only mine. I spoke with black and brown women from across the Twin Cities who said, yeah, you experience headaches all the time. Oh, me too. You're not sleeping at night. Me neither. You're stressed and feeling burnt out every couple of weeks. That's a norm. And I thought there has to be a better way. We have to find a way. There are so many of us that are working so hard to address racial disparities in institutions. Um, which is such important work, but that is slow, <laughs> slow work. And in the meantime, there are entire generations of us that have to survive. And that only happens if we care for ourselves while facing that work. And so I, I began to dream of a space where we could recover from the inevitable harm that happens when even at its best, an institution is going through a learning curve. I instinctively at that time sought out Black-owned businesses as a point of refuge, a place where I could feel seen and held and understood. And then I started to imagine, what if we had more spaces like this, safe havens where we could come and recover from the day-to-day -day trauma that we experience as Black and Brown folks? So you had the stress, you had the difficulties, you had this dream, you have an idea, but now we're in a physical space. Yes. And so going from the dream, the idea, the stress, wellness, to the physical space. Uh, I think that the way that we got there first was me recognizing the importance of physical space. Um, I often say Render Free was born in a cubicle of one of those difficult work experiences that I had where after a meeting, a couple of other black and brown employees would come over and say, let me tell you what just happened in that conference room and just unload a little bit. And again, finding that there's healing there and the importance of us being in an environment that felt safe with one another and also the difference between that cubicle and an employee resource group. No shade to employee resource groups. They have an incredible place in companies. It's often a way for an institution to recognize folks that identify in a certain way need a space to be able to talk about that experience. But there's also this feeling that you're still in the context of your workplace. Like there's something that's powerful about being kind of below the radar <laughs> and able to really be honest about how you're doing. Um, and so once I realized that space was an integral part of it, I really leaned into the dreaming part. Um, and for me, dreaming is met with strategy by way of research. <laughs> and so I just began to like use the internet and Google. I mean, really honestly, quite really, my Google started with like, how do you write a business plan? What questions do I need to be asking myself about how to make this happen? And then really exercising that muscle of my imagination, um, figuring out what resources I had available to me in order to make this happen. And then sharing that business plan, which was so scary. And let me also say, I never intended to be a business owner. Like this is, I was more focused on solving that problem than 
uh, any kind of motivation to like build an empire or even this idea of being my own boss. I mean, because though that is so freeing in some ways, it also comes with a ton of responsibility and a ton of work. Um, so I tried to weasel my way out of it. <laughs> but after really doing my research and writing my business plan and talking to people who could be confidence for me at times and I wasn't confident for myself and could say to me, you can do this and your plan is good and let's fill the holes where they are and let's find the resources that you need together. Like those folks helped me take this from just a dream into something that actually we sit inside now um, and is a space for community. So there's an immediate follow-up question to that, but before I go to that, Render Free. Yes. How, how did the name come about? Yes. I'm so glad you asked. So render means to make. And the sentiment of making something is to take what you have and create something new, right? So if you think about like making cookies, you're taking a bunch of ingredients, mixing them together, putting a little heat on it, and then something new pops out, right? And of course, free is this idea of liberation. And everything about what we do as a community, everything about what I do as a leader here at Render Free is to make liberation for Black and brown women, to encourage us to think about what we have in front of us and how we can reallocate, reorganize, reprioritize so that we can find liberation. So the community, the community people came together, helped you fill in the blanks, helped you uh, um, make it practical. So talk a little bit about the community and the people that helped you. One of the things that was most beautiful about that season of this work is realizing the talent in my community. Um, and, And when I say community, I mean both folks that are physically here in the Twin Cities, but also folks that have been alongside me throughout both my adulthood and like my entire life. For example, my father is a small business owner (laughs) and I had never really considered what that meant. But when I brought my business plan to him and he was able to really lean into um, the details and could anticipate the challenges that I would experience, not only as a business owner, but as a black owned business, it was so encouraging. Um, One of the things that I repeat, and I cannot remember, I cannot recall right now who originally said it. I'm sure many of us have said it. But you can only dream what you see. And certainly, it's it's kind of like that same idea of taking what you have in front of you and making it into something new. Certainly, I had ideas about what Render Free could become. But when I could look to someone like my dad, for the first time, really, with new eyes, in regards to business, in regards to starting something from scratch as a young adult, like he did, it gave me confidence to step out, especially knowing that I had him to fall back on. And so folks like that who were in my corner and who caught my vision and who understand the importance of this work, I mean, they make all the difference. We'll be back with more Small Change. Small Change is supported by Thrivent through generous support from the Thrivent Foundation. Thrivent is driven by a higher purpose to help people achieve financial clarity and to make the most of all they've been given. 
Small Change is also supported in part by the McKnight Foundation, which works to advance a more just, creative, and abundant future where people and planet thrive. Learn more at McKnight.org. Welcome back to Small Change. A key supporter of Ariel and Render Free is Tim Anderson and the Center for Belonging. He believed in her idea and her vision. The Center for Belonging and Render Free. So how do these feed off of each other, support each other? What's the practical vision? Yes. So, I mean, practically for Render Free, it's so much about Render Free, so much about business and perhaps life, if I can get existential for a moment. It's hard to imagine reality outside of things that you could never plan, right? I didn't create Render Free with center belonging in in mind as I was building out my business. I mean, you know, 12-page business plan, center belonging doesn't come up because I didn't know it existed. And yet at the exact right time, I'm connected to Tim, who has a heart and passion for what I'm seeking to do. And because of, I don't know, because of his vision to see what I was building, I get to be a part of a collaboration that gives me access to 3,000 square feet of space in South Minneapolis at a a rent price that I get to split with four other people. (laughs) And those four other organizations are not just any organizations. They're mission-driven organizations. They're organizations that are certainly learning, but understand why Render Free must exist, understand why we need to have this space exclusively at a certain time and what that might mean for our members. And so, I mean, the short answer is that the center of belonging is a partner, um, you know, my landlord, I guess, if you will. But really, it is like a trampoline that has launched us into this next phase of our work. Ariel's work with Render Free is deeply rooted in addressing social disparity. The work took on a new level of urgency as the Twin Cities were hit with the murder of George Floyd and its aftermath, in addition to the ongoing pandemic. It's hard for me to really talk about COVID without also talking about the murder of George George Floyd Floyd. and the uprising, because in so many ways, they're interlocked. And of course, it created a lot of questions. We are building a business that's all about sharing space, which is literally what we're not supposed to do in the midst of this pandemic. (laughs) But it also underscored the need for space to share. I mean, that's what 2020 was, really. Like, as I think about what our community went through, both as a direct, like, result of our mourning because of the loss of a life of George Floyd, but also because of the processing or lack thereof of the trauma that we have been holding in our bodies for generations. And then add isolation to that, what we need is space to convene, space to connect, and space to be told, you actually don't have to bring anything here. Like, you're not going to be measured by your accomplishments. We're not going to ask you to begin by introducing yourself by your profession. We don't do that. We ask you to show up as a human being, and we want to check in with you and how you're doing, especially in spite of the fact that we are navigating so much. And so in a lot of ways, I mean, you think about, like, we can talk technically, but when you think missionally, for me personally, as the founder of Render Free, 2020 fortified in me um, my certainty around the need for spaces like Render Free. You're actually speaking about a very specific thread 
that comes up often really? in my work with other Black women. Um, this, And I feel like it's something that rose um, in response to the pandemic and what came out of the pandemic. And it's that idea that, you know, that when, when we say the adage, like, Black women will save the world, we have, we have a bone-deep understanding of what that means. Yes. And we always put our needs and our wants and what's best for us secondary to the whole. Yes. And sometimes the whole is a national election. Sometimes the whole mm. is our community center. Sometimes the whole is our education system. It's it could be any given thing. We will we will immediately say, I can put myself on hold and focus forward. Yes. And I find it to be a unique challenge that a lot of black women face when they start businesses that we think we need to start service-based businesses, yes. nonprofit businesses, businesses where the work is about the greater good mm-hmm. and it's not supposed to be about us. And we feel deep guilt um, when we think I'm allowed to profit or I'm allowed to um, make something sustainable. Even even something as simple as, um, is do you pay yourself? Right. Is with as a function of your business. Yes. Um, is really powerful. Yes. Because we don't we just don't think to do that. We think I'm not I can't do that. I would that money should go into the building or into an employee or into a program when it's like, no, you're starting a business and you should be able to pay yourself that's right to live comfortably. But I think we all struggle with that. Even more specifically what you said about paying myself. I have had multiple mentors. I, I am, and I'm proud. I'm excited that that is the case. Um, but I've had mentors stop me in the midst of this and say, are you? How much? You know, like yeah. asking those important questions. But the funny thing is, is that it's it's not funny. It's, it's true and it's intentional <laughs> from the beginning. Everything you're saying is part of what the work of Render Free is in the lives of members. And so I always say, like, that holds me accountable. I can't say it to a member to say, like, you are valuable. How are you caring for yourself? How are you reallocating any of your resources, financial or otherwise, to yourself and not do it for me? <laughs> and so that really is, like, what holds me accountable to continue to ask myself those questions. Full disclosure, I know Ariel. I was invited to render free over a year ago, and I have to say her energy and her space make you feel welcome. The thing that struck me that day and and still resonates with me and because and, I follow your work mm-hmm. is how deeply intentional and methodical you are about centering Black women and centering them. And when you you said earlier, and I thought it was really powerful, that they don't have to show up with anything mm-hmm. here. Like they don't have to show up and be an expert. They don't have to show up and be um, a, you know, a helper. Mm-hmm. They don't have to prove worth or value to walk in the door. They right. have worth and value just because they hold space. Right. Um, and I don't know many people that do that as well as you do that. Oh, thank you so much. So I, yeah, it, I, and it was one of the reasons why I was excited to, for us to get a, to talk to you. Um, but I also remember when we met the first thing you said, um, cause I said, Oh, when Uh-oh. did you start this? And you said, Oh, I opened my doors in October, 2020. And I was like, ma'am, <laughs> Well, like, why though? Well, I, no, I was, <laughs> no, she, I was. You might come up with a different, slightly different slant on that question. <laughs> My immediate thought was, oh, oh, honey, because it was like the we we couldn't go outside. We weren't we weren't going outside. Yes. We were all like indoors, and we were still like very much keeping six feet of distance. Yep. And um, and I was thinking to myself, I know how hard it is to start a business, and for you to have worked this hard and have the space. 
And then it's like October 2020 and nobody's going outside. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you were able to sort of dig in your heels and fight to keep it alive. Because I know a lot of folks who just weren't able to keep things alive in terms of businesses and aspirations during the pandemic. Yes, it was the little moments. I mean, it's because of the way that I measure success. It's because of the fact that my aim isn't to have this big thing. I've crunched the numbers and I figured out in order for us to have what we want, it's got to be substantially big. We've got to keep growing. <laughs> but I think the reason the the reason I was able to kind of take the slow and steady route is because I had these small moments that filled me up like meeting you. When I got to have someone who came into the doors for the first time or we did a Zoom call and I got to create space for them. And I got to, in so many ways, directly and indirectly, tell them they deserve to feel good in their bodies, that they deserve to reach for what they need, that they deserve rest and space to remember that they're more than just the helper and they're more than just the support role and they're more than just the employee or the employer or the friend, that they are worthy in and of themselves those moments affirmed this work. Now, if your question is like, how did I know that we'd make it? I didn't know. (laughs) But again, Render Free in so many ways is a vehicle for me to fulfill a mission that's in my heart. It's not the end goal per se. Render Free is just the vehicle in which we connect in the way that I'll continue to be about long after I retire. (laughs) (laughs) It would be easy to assume that Render Free would be a nonprofit with a strong mission focus. But Ariel, like many young entrepreneurs, is building a business that allows her values and her work to align. Is Render Free for-profit, not-for-profit? It is a for-profit, mission-driven organization, and that was something I went back and forth with a lot. So what landed you on the for-profit model? Right now, we are in a time when wellness is super trendy. I mean, people like will sell you a sweater and tell you that it's a wellness sweater. You know what I mean? Uh, racial equity in word, maybe not deed, but in word is also very trendy. Um, You know, one of the things that was such a contrast here in the Twin Cities versus the other Midwest places that I lived is that we talk the talk here in the Twin Cities. We talk a lot about equity. We talk a lot about all lives matter. And there are times when people are willing to put their money where their mouth is. And I'm happy to show them where they can invest in render free, you know? (laughs) But when that day comes to a close and when it's no longer trendy to hashtag Black Lives Matter, our lives still matter. And we're the ones that know that. What I want render free to be ultimately is something that disrupts this narrative that Black and brown women exist to care for other people. We will care for other people. Don't get me wrong. That's part of who we are and what we will always do. But we are just as valuable when all we're doing is caring for ourselves. And to spend the 40 bucks a month it it takes to be a part of our community, um, it's an act of love for yourself. It's saying, I'm worth that. It's it's an act of dignity as well. And so ultimately, 
I chose to make Render Free a for-profit because I wanted it to be sustained by us because we know how valuable we are and how much we deserve a space like this. And earlier you'd mentioned, you just briefly mentioned generational wealth. Mm -hmm. And did that tie into it? Does generational wealth tie into why I decided to make Render Free a for-profit business? Yes and no. Ultimately, legacy, of course, is a word that comes to mind when you think about like generational wealth. And that's something that I want for myself, for the kids that I hope to have one day. And I'm so passionate about this work that I really want it to simply sustain me and to sustain itself. (laughs) And so when I think of legacy, I think of financial growth, which of course is needed for sustainability. But truthfully, that's not my motivation. Like, I'm not motivated by financial wealth. I'm motivated by the problem and the way that I think render-free is the solution. But we live in a capitalistic society. And so in order for me to pursue that solution, (laughs) I need to have money. And I want the thing that I'm creating to actually sustain itself in the solution versus relying on the whims of generosity that come. And again, I am so grateful, but they also go. There's a question we always ask everyone. Um, And I think it's a really important question, especially given um, what you told us a little bit earlier about sort of your path to entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So how did you learn about money growing up? When I think of my childhood and money, there are a couple of instances that flicker across my memory. There is envelopes and this work of, you know, like having, um, what's it called? You do chores and you get money. Allowance. allowance. Having allowance. Thank you very much. <laughs> we and, got way too excited you know, about that. I honestly, I don't even know if the envelopes were mine. It could be me watching my parents and maybe for a season of time they like had their, this is our fun envelope and this is our, um, I also think of uh, going to, there's this little like Lake Town store that we would go to sometimes as kids in the summer. And you go with like $2 and the candy would be like 10 cents and it was super stale and definitely, you know, over its prime. (laughs) But you would try to crunch in as many pieces of candy as possible. (laughs) It's like those instances come to mind. But there's also this thing in me that honestly, I can't pinpoint. I can't recall a memory that carved this in. And it could even be like a generation's back thing. I do think that I have this level of scarcity (laughs) and I challenge it in myself often. And it's like something that I'm working on on an ongoing basis. But I also have this memory of being at a store with my grandparents and really wanting this camera that um, was a, a Polaroid camera and thinking it was so cool and I just really want it. And feeling kind of sheepish and asking my grandmother and her saying, you know, let's talk to your grandfather about it. Them saying, yes, you can get it. And me not being able to cross the threshold. I felt like it was too expensive. I felt like I was taking something from my family. And so just knowing what I know about poverty and the way that it can be like laced into even our DNA, even generations back. I come from a household of privilege in a lot of ways. And yet, I still have a little bit of fear of spending and um, a little bit of a toxic relationship with this idea of luxury. But I challenge that in myself and I challenge that in others because, again, at the end of the day, I'm worth more than a Polaroid (laughs) camera, right? And if that's how my grandparents, if that's how I need to show love to myself, not that money 
equates to self-love. But sometimes it takes resources to invest in yourself. And reminding myself constantly and often you're worthy of that is something that I try to do. You mentioned mentors. Yes. So what role have mentors done in terms of making Render Free become a reality? The most impactful thing that comes to mind is that they captured my dream and dreamed with me. Folks who could see Render Free for themselves before it existed and would then like reflect that vision back to me was so valuable and showed me that this says something that extends beyond my need, and this could be a need that resonates with many of us. And what do they think of it? Uh, <laughs> I mean, they they love it. <laughs> um, like the word pride comes to mind. I think a lot of folks, as surprised as I am about what I'm doing, there are many people who express the sentiment of not being surprised that I am where I am today. And they're proud of me for like stepping into that, even though it was risky, especially in the face of 2020, even though it's scary to be, you know, a fraction of business owners as a black woman. Um, I think a lot of my mentors are proud of me for fully expanding. Well, go go into that just a little tiny bit because you said they wouldn't be surprised. Why aren't they surprised? <laughs> um, I think that... I mentioned before I mentioned before that I am good letting the leaders lead and I naturally know I am a leader but also have probably for much of my life stifled that in me. As a black woman, being big and being present and being a leader is not always celebrated in the, the way that it is for other folks, um, particularly white folks. And honestly, a lot of the folks that I have worked closely alongside with and had really great relationships with that have been leaders of organizations have been white men. And so I think that I was fighting the true nature of who I am as a leader because I wasn't sure if it was allowed and I wasn't sure how it would be received. And then, of course, just the inevitable risk of stepping out. And the people who are celebrating with me who have known me before Render Free, I think they see me fulfilling who they've known me to be, but not who I've always let myself be in the world. And what does your dad think? <laughs> he is very proud. And the, and the reason I know that, one of the most fun things about this season of life with my dad is talking to him like adult to adult, you know? <laughs> like being able to shoot the breeze with him a little bit on business and being able to speak to this side of his life that, as I mentioned, I never really thought about or knew much about. Like having a, a an entry point in conversation has been a really beautiful point of connection for us. And my mom is a founding member of Render Free. She is one of our remote members. And so she is someone who like directly benefits from um, our programs and our solidarity sessions. And it's humbling I'm like, I'm struggling through this, <laughs> but it is, it's everything to be able to be encouraged to be who I am by the people who know me most. That's lovely. 
It's beautiful. Yeah. Y'all yeah. are going to yeah. make me cry. <laughs> no, you're not. You're going to be, you're going to make it. Yeah. You're going to make cry, it. She'll cry. Yeah. Right. Please don't, yeah. don't start it. Yeah. We can't handle that. We can't handle that. Um, I have one final, final question. Um, and Chris alluded to a little bit, but I wanted to make sure we, we asked it specifically. Now you're in a position where you're, I'm sure you're able to mentor other people. And if other people have, that are coming to you and other black women and young black women are coming to you and they have a dream for something or a goal for themselves or they they want to try the scary thing, the risky thing, the, the thing that we're not always encouraged to do. What do you tell them? So how is the question that comes up very quickly when we think about our dreams, we think about our plans? And that is a really important question. I think of how I think of strategy and I, I love that stuff. But what I find is that many of us don't actually spend enough time on the what and the why. I would tell folks that are beginning to dream, that are beginning to see something that they think needs to be in the world that maybe doesn't exist. I would just encourage them, like, let it come out fully and really lean into the details of what it could become and really like fully expand. Don't be afraid to dream really, really big before getting to the how. Because actually being clearer on the what and the why is going to better inform your how and allow you to have such intentionality with your strategy that will connect your present to the future that you want to have. Dreams are critical to crafting a life. But it wasn't just Ariel's dream that made Render Free what it is today. She worked hard and tapped into community and personal resources, her family, mentors, and supporters to build a place that allows others the space to dream too. Thank you for listening. Small Change is a production of Minnesota Public Radio and American Public Media. Small Change would not have been possible without the work of many people, including Executive Producer Stephanie Curtis, Editor Alex Simpson, Intern Arshia Hussein, Producer Veronica Rodriguez, Original Music is by Dexter Wolf. You can find other Small Change episodes and find resources for more information about money by going to our website, smallchainstories.org. You'll also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.